It is a pleasure as always to welcome you and Catherine Arndt, the CEO of the VLGA, to the weekly newsroom segment from VLGA Connect. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Chris. How are you today? Going very well. What about you? Yeah, look, not too bad at all. And I'm I'm just waiting to hear if you've heard any gossip coming out of Canberra, where, where of course, the uh, Australian Local Government Association, ALGA National Conference is happening. It is indeed. Well, there's a little bit of news coming out of Canberra, of course. Uh, I'm not there. You're not there. I think we're probably slightly warmer for the fact that we're not there. From, yes, it's from always a cold, cold time of year to be in Canberra. I, I have... Um, you know, fond memories of, of walking um, in the morning to the conference, uh, the convention and, and you know, the frost basically, you know, and icicles hanging off my face. Yeah. I do I have similar memories. I wouldn't have called them fond. Uh, always the, 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 the big heavy overcoat was the main thing to make sure that you take with you um, when you go. Um, I'm working on having a potentially a correspondent to report in for the local government news roundup, uh, possibly with some, some reporting later in the week. That would be great. And on the ground um, catch up. Fantastic. Yep. Watch, watch this space. But the, the main bit of gossip that came out the first morning, the Monday morning, was the Deputy PM Michael McCormack addressed the gathering, and then within about half an hour of doing so, he was no longer the deputy PM. Well, do you think that there's any, um, is that a coincidence? Was I'm there sure a- it's a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's a coincidence. Uh, it was just one of those unfortunate. Look, I think what it says, though, how good of him to still do that. I mean, the speculation at the time about that leadership challenge. So either he was, I, I think I saw someone say this, um, very confident that he had the numbers, that he still went along and spoke to the ALGA conference or felt like there was nothing he could do about it and he was going to keep his commitment regardless. Well, look, that's good. He did did um, follow through on that commitment. Uh, it must have been a tough gig, though, I, I imagine, with all of that going on in the background. Absolutely. Absolutely. One can only imagine. The, the other bits of news that I've seen coming out is some debate around a motion to uh, to push for 1% of Commonwealth tax revenue to come back to councils through federal assistance grants. You might have seen some reporting on that yourself. I did. I, I believe the Deputy Lord Mayor of Melbourne, uh, Councillor Nicholas Rees, put forward that motion. Um, so there's been a little bit of coverage on that. I, I think um, I did see that that Nicholas was also um, on, a, on a panel um, at ALGA today, I believe, on the program. So... Um, look, as we know, there's there's literally hundreds of motions put forward at the um, ALGA conference and uh, a commitment made then by ALGA to follow those through as, as they can and where they can um, might be uh, not as simple as in previous years now that COAG is no longer in existence and local government doesn't have a, uh, a seat at National Cabinet. And that's, um, I'm glad you said that, that's another key thing that they're using the opportunity to have all those municipal leaders in Canberra for is to push for that local government seat to be restored at the National Cabinet. I do recall, though, when we had um, the Federal Minister for Local Government on the program recently, he did indicate that he does bring together the the state um, local government ministers. I, I think, um, did he mention a time, was it once a month or 
perhaps not as regularly as that, but certainly there is a process of engagement happening um, between um, the federal government and, and the states in regards to local government matters. Uh, but of course, that that's not doesn't quite equate to that permanent seat on national um, cabinet. No, exactly right. I, I can't recall the frequency either, but exactly that point that you made, uh, I, I don't think the sector would be satisfied with anything less than eventually that seat being restored. And I think the other side of politics has made some uh, commitments around uh, doing exactly that should they win power at the next election. Yes, I did read that. And in fact, that reminds me, we probably should have the Shadow Minister for Local Government, um, Jason Clare, back on the program um, to talk through some of those um, initiatives. The only other thing I'd say about Elga, what I'm hearing from some people that I know who are there is that there's been lots of stories about how councils have been um, having to deal with COVID in particular. Um, some of the stories coming out of some of those smaller rural communities are pretty harrowing about the impacts that they've had to deal with, which uh, it, not surprising, but uh, not great to hear. You know, it, it's an important time of year when councillors from across Australia do catch up and network and share some of the you know, the stories and experiences that, that they have, it, it's almost an important support network in some way. Absolutely, it is. So um, stay tuned. I, I expect we'll hear a lot more about the different motions and things that have been passed at the National General Assembly, and there'll be more to uh, to talk about. The new uh, or reasonably new ALGA president, Linda Scott, has been pretty um, visible on uh, online and, 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 in fact, spoke to the National Press Club this week. So she's certainly doing her part to raise... Oh, I missed that. And, of course, ALGA has a new CEO also, uh, the former... Um, CEO from the South Australian Local Government Association, I believe, and I just can't recall his name um, off the top of my head. Nor can I, uh, but I do believe he was starting around the time of the uh, the conference, which uh, would be good for him to see that in action, no doubt. Sure. Um, closer to home, uh, I did see some, uh, some press uh, in the last couple of days showing particularly our local government, Minister Sean Lean, getting around some of the storm-affected areas, Catherine, Yarra Ranges, Latrobe Valley, those areas, uh, um, uh, certainly making it known that they've been really hard hit and they need all the support that they can get. Absolutely. Um, the Minister has been out there and, and, you know, our thoughts go out to the residents that are still in those areas without power and, and not actually back in their homes. Uh, I believe the Yarra Rangers uh, Council had um, sent a sort of a call out for some additional assistance. And of course, as the local government sector often does, they, they, people have rallied behind that and, and um, councils are sharing their, their resources um, where they can to assist. One of the great quotes I heard during the week that stuck with me is I think it was the Mayor of Yarra Rangers describing the amount of debris, the, you know, the wooded material, the branches, etc., um, that they're collecting and clearing off roads is enough to fill the grounds of the MCG. So that's, that's just in one council area. That's extraordinary. Look, I have, um, you know, I, I, I am connected with with some people who who live in that area, and they're describing uh, the event that that particular weather event as um, like a hurricane almost, and and. Okay in fact, still suffering the trauma of having sort of lived through that type of event. Indeed. All right. Uh, some VLGA news that uh, you can probably tell us a bit more about this week because you've got the results through for the two vacancies on the board. 
Yes, I do. That's right, Chris. I'm very pleased to announce that uh, Councillor Steve Holland from Mornington Shire was elected to the board and also Councillor Josh Fergus from Monash City Council um, have both been elected to fill the two vacant positions. So their three-year term will commence on the 1st of July. Um, the VLGA board will then elect their new office bearers, um, including um, the positions of president, vice president and treasurer at their first meeting, which will be in August. So stay tuned for all of that. But we do welcome Steve and uh, Josh to the board. So, Catherine, how many positions are there on the board? There are six elected positions, so six councillor positions, and up to three uh, co-opted skills-based director or board member positions. So there's, there's nine. So the, the terms for the elected positions are obviously staggered, probably are for the others. They so are staggered elections, which is why we have uh, two positions come available every year. Uh, as part of that rotation. So I'm just wondering who's uh, who you're losing at uh, at the same time as your new members come on. Yes, well, we will be sending out a newsletter this week, but um, it will actually be um, our our current president, Councillor Lambros Tapanos's last couple of weeks um, on the board of the VLGA. Lambros has been a board member since 2013 and served as treasurer for a number of years and more recently for the past two years as president. So um, Lambros has made a decision that it's time for him to, to move on. Uh, and the other vacant position was created when Councillor Marg Attlee um, essentially retired and didn't stand again um, for election in the local okay. government elections last year. Of course, the criteria to be an elected board member is that you are a current councillor at a VLGA member council. Terrific. All right. Well, congratulations, and uh, and I'm sure there'll be a, a, a farewell of sorts to uh, to Councillor Tapanos. And and now that you mentioned that, I recall some discussion about uh, Mark Atley stepping down as well sometime That's back. Right. Yes. Thanks, Catherine. And all of that info, of course, is on the VLGA website if people would like to find out more about that process. Um, in other news this week, I'm wondering if you've had a chance to see our special interview with our panel of chair administrators, which I've got to tell you, Catherine, I'm getting a lot of feedback about. That's terrific. Look, I, I, I thought that that would be something of great interest to, to our, our members, the local government sector, but also um, you know, residents in, in the community because the question is often asked, what is the role of an administrator versus that of a councillor? And to have the chairs um, of the three panel of administrators um, that are currently uh, operating Victoria, so um, Casey, Whittlesey and also South Gippsland was, was just a terrific opportunity. And, of course, as a fellow administrator, Chris, you... Um, you know, had had that that role of not only um, sort of leading the discussion, but also being able to participate wearing that hat. So I think it's a fabulous resource for people to have a look at. 
Absolutely. I really enjoyed the conversation. Didn't have to work too hard for that one at all, to be honest, uh, Catherine. And as I say, I've had a lot of feedback about it. People are finding that uh, that interview. It's about a half hour. So it's a good chunk of, of time to really understand how these three amazing women uh, take um, uh, the approach that they take to that role. Episode 184, I think it is. And while I'm on the self-promotion, the, uh, the governance update that uh, Steve and I did with... Uh, Tony Rannick from Hunt and Hunt Lawyers last week is fast becoming, I think it'll probably end up being our most watched governance update edition because people are really keen to hear Tony talk about the impact of that Supreme Court decision yes, on look, uh, the Warnable CEO. In, in Warnable, and, and that certainly does have some implications for CEO contracts in the local government sector. And to have, uh, you know, hats off to to Tony and his team for being able to pull together, I guess, an analysis of that, that result and come onto the program and talk about it. And I'm really looking forward um, to us doing a little bit more of that on, on governance and perhaps newsroom. In fact, um, recently I caught up with the new Chief Municipal Inspector, Michael Zafanovic. The inspectorate's really keen to have a regular spot on governance as well. So as we've had um, LGV on the program um, on a monthly basis, we'll also now have the inspectorate. Um, Terrific. Yeah, which will be great. Excellent. All right. And before we wrap up, a couple of notes for upcoming events. I see bookings are going very well for leading the agenda on the 9th of July, which has a focus on audit and risk committees. Yes. Yeah, so look, um, registration details are out there now and available on our website. We've got an excellent panel there lined up. Um, CEO Mark Dupay from Bourbon Shire Council, Katie Baldwin, from Mon who's on the Risk and Audit Committee at Monash and also Head of Internal Audit at CSIRO, and uh, Richard Wilson, who's a risk partner at uh, our Pitcher Partners. So really um, getting a lot of interest in that discussion um, from both councillors and officers. So um, again, probably wise if you're keen to attend to to book now um, in the event that, uh, that numbers might have to be limited uh, as a result of COVID restrictions. Good we point. also have our next global executive panel, which you're involved in, of course, Chris, and you're also involved in that leading the agenda. Um, on the 15th of July, we've, um, with our partner LGIU, talking um, to the CEO of, um, and I don't have Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Scott. Yep. That's right. We've got Liana Buchanan, who's a Victorian Commissioner for Children and Young People and um, an academic from New South Wales, I believe. From, from Central Queensland University, actually, Dr Vivian Romero. Um, don't be too hard on yourself, Captain uh, Catherine. I've just uh, had the opportunity to speak with each of those panel members to talk about that session that's coming up, so it's very fresh in my mind, and that's going to be, I think, a really good discussion about uh, child-friendly cities and some elements of, of how COVID has impacted on children and young people. Yeah, look, and, and again, um, registrations have opened for that and there's a lot of interest and that um, spots are filling up pretty quickly. In terms of activities that are happening um, at the VLGA, it's, um, you know, business as usual. We're, we're sending out regular updates to the sector on, on events that are coming up, um, but check out our website if you do want any more information. We're about to release uh, quite a comprehensive Council Professional Development Program, which uh, 
I think many of our members and non-members will be um, very interested in having a look at. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Looking forward to that. Now I think Newsroom's going to take a little break, Catherine. It is. I'm going to have a, a couple of uh, weeks off, Chris, and I, I guess um, you and uh, Steve will have to perhaps, uh, you know, catch up on the news in the governance update. But we do have some more um, interviews coming up, some more pre-recorded interviews, so people will have certainly a lot to catch up on. And, and even if we don't, I think with, you know, 185-odd episodes, there's rich viewing there and listening if people would like to go back and, um, and you know, and, and catch up on some of those earlier episodes. And when I actually I referred to listening, I think um, I noticed that we've had, what, over 1,500 downloads of, um, the, of podcast. the podcast version. Yeah, that's just oh. the podcast version. And um, uh, the, the YouTube channel is getting over 1,000 views per month. So it really is starting to build quite a sizable following in the sector. And, and look, I, I must admit, I do, you know, occasionally talk with people. And when we were meeting face to face, there were lots of comments from, from um, people uh, reflecting on, you know, they'd seen me before, they'd seen you before, but where, and then it was, that's right, it's VLGA Connect. Excellent. All right, Catherine, um, have a well-deserved couple of weeks off and we'll see you back in the newsroom in a few weeks and, and never fear, we'll keep the news coming for our uh, regular viewers and listeners while you're away. Oh, look, I'm sure we will. And we've got that excellent um, twice-weekly podcast, Local Government News Roundup, uh, that, that people can, you know, tune into as well, Chris, and you'll Indeed. keep them up to date for sure. Thanks, Catherine. Great to catch up. See you in a few weeks. All the best. See you then, Chris. Catherine Arndt is the CEO of the VLGA, joining us for the newsroom segment here on VLGA Connect. Mm-hmm.